Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 378. I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so pleased that you are here with me on How Do You Write? Today, we are talking to the lovely Kristen Bird, who is just one of my new friends because of this podcast. And uh, for that, I am so grateful. I love this podcast for making friends. It's amazing. Also, oh my gosh, I'm going to come across as so Mr. Rogers right now, but you're my friend too. You're listening. We are connected. I'll just take a quick second to say thank you for letting me inhabit your brainwaves because it's not a small thing. I know that. We have short lives and there's so freaking much to do. And the fact that you are allowing me to be here still after you've perhaps heard a couple of episodes, um, it's just a thrill and an honor. And I thank you for it. So what is going on around here before we get into the interview? Well, uh, we are getting ready to leave for to go to the States um, in less than a week. But also what is happening in two days is that a beloved friend and her partner are arriving from the States. Uh, they're coming all the way over here to watch the footy, to, to watch the uh, FIFA World's Cup, which has been very exciting to have happen here. I am, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we are not sports people. And we've been getting into the sport. We have been sporting it all over the place. Um, we went to see the uh, Japan versus, oh, who are they? The Norway game the other night. We saw another game, uh, Spain versus Costa Rica. We are going to another game next week with, with my, or later this week, I guess, with my friends who are arriving in from out of town. It's so fun to watch women kick a soccer ball all over the screen. Uh, I will say that we have also been watching a little bit at home because I bought the pass for the FIFA. It's very inexpensive to be able to watch all the games because I don't know anything and I'm trying to learn a little bit. And our dog, Junebug, loves to watch soccer. I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast last week. I hope I didn't. I apologize if I did, but it is so cute to see her watch the soccer ball and the people running all over the screen. And um, it's, I think, probably cuter because she's really scared of balls. She's so scared of balls. If a child walks by her with a ball and God forbid bounces a ball, she just loses her cabbage. She is uh, not about a ball in the wild, but apparently on the television. They are fascinating. And she just sits and stares and it's the cutest thing. And I, <laughs> Lala and I were talking about it. And we're like, you know, none of our other dogs have ever been interested in, you know, watching the TV like this. They've never watched sports. And then we realized what we were saying. We're like, well, maybe all dogs do this. We wouldn't know. We've never turned on a sport game of any sort before. So um, that is just an added bonus of cuteness. So that's been fun. That is not writing related at all. Oh, but I was uh, catching up because I'm going to be busy. So I am queuing up podcasts to go while we are gone. I've got some incredibly awesome, wonderful interviews coming to you. Uh, so that's what's happening right now. I'm also um, still working on the revision for the New Zealand memoir. Hopefully going to be working on that on the trip a little bit too. So um, I'm going to be giving that my best shot. Yes, uh, I did open 90 Days to Done. So um, 90 Day Revision, I think is just about to sell out. 90 Days to Done still have some has some slots. So if you are interested in writing your book in a not overly fast way, just a normal pace, but not slacking and getting your book done, 
I would love to work with you. I absolutely love teaching this class. I'm so honored to teach this class. And it is so fun. It is so fun to pell-mell our way through a lot of rubble to get to your book. So if you're interested in that, go check it out at rachelheron.com slash 90. And um, what else is going on? I think that's it. I have a million things that, that I need to tie together in order to get out of the country. I really need to figure out where my California driver's license is. And I'm not excited about going back to driving on the right. My brain, I'm 51 years old now. My brain has really gotten used to driving on the left. And last year when we went back for our trip, it was quite difficult to move back over. So um, that is something I'm not looking forward to, but I'm really looking forward to seeing my sisters and my friends and eating Mexican food. So that is coming up. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Kristen Bird now. Kristen Bird lives outside of Houston, Texas with her husband and three daughters. She earned her bachelor's degree in music and mass media before completing a master's in literature. She teaches high school English and writes with a cup of coffee in her hand. In her free time, she likes to visit parks with her three daughters, watch quirky films with her husband, and attempt to keep pace with her rescue lab mixes. I love it when you lie is her most recent novel. Please enjoy this interview y'all and we will talk soon. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome you to the show. Will you please share your name and your pronouns with us? Yes, Kristen Bird, she, her. Thank you, Kristen. Welcome, welcome to the show. I love talking to another domestic, would you call it a domestic thriller, your most recent book? Yeah, I would say domestic suspense is probably yeah. where it sits a little better, um, slash mystery, slash a little Southern Gothic <laughs> charm. All of the words that I love to hear. So this is your second published novel out there in the world. And I'm just going to throw a question at you um, that I didn't throw at you ahead of time. Uh, how does it feel the second time around? Because the first time around, we're always like, what the hell is happening? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, there's like fireworks and there's also deep depression and angst and just like, I don't ever want to do this again. How is the second book feeling? I think that if the first one was a roller coaster, this one was like a kiddie coaster. Oh, <laughs> you know, there were still ups that. and downs, but it did feel like I knew better to expect those ups and downs. And uh, I just felt more prepared, I think, emotionally, mentally. I had my therapist ready to go, you know. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes I, I love that. I, I advocate therapy when we're publishing books. I also advocate other people taking over like our Google alerts so we don't have to look mm. at those things. Like That's all a of good idea. Things. My sister did that for about the first year. Um, mm. After the first, I got the first Google alert for a trade review that crushed me. I told her about it and she's like, no, just take that off and I'm taking it. I think she still has it. Every once in a while, she'll send me something funny that comes up, but I'm like, you could, it's been 15 years. You could turn that off now. Sisters are great. <laughs> they, they are. And you write about three sisters in this book. So yes. I can't wait to read it. And I am one of three sisters. Um, do you have sisters? Me too. Yes. I have two sisters and a little brother. So there's where, four of us. Where are you in the birth order? I'm the oldest. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yes. It's a, I'm going to be the one making the plan to bury the body. <laughs> One thousand percent. My little sister um, called me yesterday and she said, I have this idea for like a little, having a little tea cart, like selling tea, selling a high tea from like a, a, a mobile truck. And she had to, she had to turn my brain off like 10 minutes later. She's like, I'm not looking for 
input. I'm not looking for help. I'm not looking for advice. I was just telling you about this fun idea. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I go into mother mode. Yes. Yeah. And I always will. And thank God they put up with me. I know. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about your writing and how you get the writing done. What does your process look like? Walk us through that. So I feel like my process keeps changing and I want to have a consistent answer and I don't have a consistent answer. So um, up until this past school year, so I'm a teacher. I teach ninth yeah. and 12th grade English. No, and wow. up until this last school year, I was full-time. So I'm part-time this year. Instead of teaching four classes, I teach three. So mm-hmm. I'm technically what they call 80% time. Mm-hmm. So I still you know, I'm thinking about school a lot, grading a lot, that kind of thing, but it does give me, um, a prep period and a class period off and a little less students, you know, so that I'm not grading quite as much. So now this year, what I try to do, if I'm, if everything, if the world aligns, you know, (laughs) properly, I go to work, I teach till about 1230 or so, I come home, I have about 30 to 45 minute drive home. And I usually listen to podcasts on the way home, writing podcasts. And then I get home and I try to write for an hour and a half, two hours before my kids get home from school. Wow. What is your brain like after teaching? Like, honestly? Well, if I've just been teaching, I'm okay. That's actually really energizing to me. Mm. But if I've been grading a lot that's where I feel really drained and my brain gets mushy. So I know that when I've got, you know, finals coming in and I'm going to have to grade straight through two days, I'm not going to be good to anyone to do anything. So my husband takes, we have three kids. He takes the three kids and I go to coffee shops and I just grade, 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 grade. And sometimes we do that also when I'm on deadline, you know, I'll go to the coffee shop and just sit and, and work it out. So it's awesome though how, so you're talking about like that hour, hour and a half that you have after school, before the kids get home, mm-hmm. you can get all your work done in that time. Is that correct? Yeah, I can. As long as like no kids are sick and I yeah, didn't have anything ex- unexpected, like a meeting at school come up. That's where I think the process for me gets interrupted and it's a pretty regular interruption. Mm. Um, so what I have been doing is writing new material in the summer, or that's what I've been wanting to do mm. is write new material in the summer and focus mainly on revisions during the school year. Yeah. Because I feel like if I have to come in and out of revisions, it's a little easier than having to do the creative work. Yeah. Um, but what happened this past year, so my third book just sold in February. Congratulations. Which I'm really excited about. Thank you. Also again, um, Tamira. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And another yeah. suspense. Fabulous. But I submitted that last May. And this is something I've also learned about publishing is they are not on my timetable. So (laughs) I submitted that last May and they sat with it for, I think, a number of reasons. In part, I think they wanted to see how my first couple of books were doing with sales. I think they wanted to see um, what the economy was going to do with the rising cost of publishing books and shipping books and all of that. So I understand why they did that, but it did leave me in this kind of... um, floundering place because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I've gone part-time. I've given up some of my income. I was kind of expecting to do like a book a year and it would just be like steady. And so I met with my agent and I was like, look, I've written this other book, but I don't think I should spend a lot of time revising it yet because I don't know if they're going to buy it. You know, we may have to take it back out and I just don't know any timetable. 
what do you think I should do? And so she and I brainstormed and we decided to write a cozy mystery. And so I wrote that last fall during the fall semester. And I don't know that was a good idea for my mental health (laughs) because I should have stuck to the write new material on holidays and summers. Um, My husband's like, wow, you really took that part-time thing and ran with it. You wrote a whole nother book. So so now I'm polishing that um, and sending it to my agent. That's fabulous. I don't think you did anything wrong. That sounds like you did oh, everything right. And plus you were, I, can I assume that you were chasing the shiny and the joy when you were doing yes. that too? Yeah. 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 I thought this will be a lot more fun. I'm not going to have to sit in the darkness of my suspense, which yes. I do like sitting there sometimes. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it's, it's a mystery set at a beauty pageant. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. It's like all the light and fluffy you know? (laughs) So it was really fun to write. Um, and that's what I told my husband. I was like, I know that maybe I shouldn't have like given myself what he calls these false deadlines. Like I will finish this by November 1st. Right, 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 (laughs) right. But I said, doing that, I wrote a book. (laughs) So that's maybe I could have extended it a little. I think your process is awesome. I think it's working for you. And I think your husband has your best interests at heart. (laughs) but you know how you work yeah, and that I'm very driven. Yeah. <laughs> very driven. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can see that about you. Also, I just want to commend you for the ninth and 12th grade um, English. You said ninth and 12th, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the reason that popped out to me is that um, my ninth grade English professor was also my 12th grade English professor uh, oh, cool. just because of the way it worked out. Perry Peterson, shout out to Perry. And mm. he gave me when I graduated Brenda Eulen's book, If You Want to Write. And he wrote in the top mm. corner, he wrote, poor Rachel who inspires me. And I, and like, I dedicated my <laughs> first book or my first or my second book. I think I did my first book to my mom and then my second book to him and hand delivered him the copy. Like we still hang out when I'm in town. He is an amazing person. And he was the very first person who wasn't in my family who said, Mm -hmm. you're a good writer and I believe in you. And he changed my life. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's inspiring to hear. You're you're amazing. You're doing, you're doing awesome things. So I actually taught juniors for a couple of years. And so I have a student this year that I've had three out of her four years of high school. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like we she have a really never special bond. Yes. Oh, I have goosebumps. Okay. <laughs> what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? I think that right now my biggest challenge is confidence mm-hmm. because I am still writing in the mystery genre with this cozy, but it feels very different for a couple of reasons. Um, one is my suspense novels have been multi-POV. And then this one is um, straight up first person. We stick with her the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so I just have never written anything like that before. Um, And then also I was struggling a little bit, I think, hitting the beats, like with my pacing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a different way. And I guess I thought that a lot of the skills, since it was a mystery to a mystery, would just kind of overlap. But really there are some specific things to a cozy that I needed to get right. And so I wrote it, I sent it to my agent who does a lot of editorial work, which I really appreciate. And she sent it back with a ton of notes. I basically like, I I rewrote parts of it, you know, heavy Mm -hmm. revisions. 
and sent it to her and she said I think you went too far the other way and I was oh. like oh no oh no yeah <laughs> so now I'm on my you know third round with this and it's one of those things that I feel like if I had done it before you know it's like learning to ride a new <laughs> a bike for the first time if I had done it before I would feel more confident about it even if I was iffy still but now I really don't know what she's going to say when I send it off on Monday. You know, I'm it's like, that, it it's could that be roller great. coaster. It could be terrible. You're on that big <laughs> roller coaster again. It's not a kitty roller coaster. You're doing yes. this for the first time again. And there is that, yes. I think there's this, this, this natural general fear that rises to when we're doing this with our agents or when we're doing it before we have an agent or before we've decided what to do with it. Like how many rounds am I going to keep changing this? But what if it never sells? And all of that fear. Yeah. Um, and there's no way. There's no way to fix that. There's just no. You just have to do it. it. You just have to write through it. Yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately. Yep. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? My biggest joy is the idea generation. Ooh. I am already, you know, thinking about books five, six, and it's not like I have all the details there of them, but just like driving down the road and thinking about yeah. characters it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, how do you, you oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I heard a writer once say like, I feel like I'm addicted to writing. And yes, sometimes I kind of feel that way, you know, like yes. I'm addicted to living in a different story. <laughs> yes. I mean, I love my own story too, but it's, there's just something really like life-giving to me about getting into a, another character's mind. So. I have been addicted to many substances and I do truly believe that my first addictive substance was reading and mm. it still is. And there's no problem with that. Like, so that's when I just embrace and also right. writing. I feel like it, it, it harnesses those dopamine receptors yeah. and they do all the things. And I think that right. that's, that that's lovely. Um, okay. Do you have a method of capturing these ideas for the next books or is it more of, cause I forget everything. So I always ask, I always wonder about this, or do you just kind of let them like live up there and they're going to bring you what they bring you? Yeah. I'll let them live up there until I'm at a stopping place with another project. I have a mm -hmm. hard time, you know, I can't in like one day go from, let me edit this. to let me write this fresh. I yeah. can't do that my yeah. brain I've tried <laughs> my brain was like which story are you in um I got very confused so I let them live up there and then my mom teases me she's like when they start talking to you is when it's time <laughs> to get them on the page so yes yeah. <laughs> who who is it is it is it Barbara O'Neill calls them or is it Barbara Breton it's one of the Barbaras um that, that calls them the girls in the basement when the girls in the basement Ooh, start I love that like yeah. talking so loud that you have, you have to listen. Mm -hmm. That's, that's when we know, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Can you yeah. share a craft tip of any sort with us? Yeah. So my craft tip, I think has comes in the form of the way that I revise. Mm -hmm. So I write pretty fast. So most of my time, probably 75% of my time is actually on revision. Yeah. And I've found that revising using different physical mediums really helps me. Ooh, so me I'll do revisions and rounds. I don't think it's groundbreaking, but <laughs> uh, so what I do is I write my first draft. I let it sit uh, preferably for a month, but um, sometimes I only have a week. It just depends with deadlines. And then I print the whole thing out and I handwrite notes all over it. And then I go back in and I enter those notes and then 
at that point, I'll usually send it off to a beta reader or two um, that I really trust their feedback on. And I'll let it sit for a little longer if I'm able to. And then I go in and I enter changes into the computer straight in based on what they've said, you know, like, let's move this chapter here. Let's um, add this character, change this character. Mm -hmm. And then I will go into my Kindle app and I make the notations in my Kindle app. I think I heard you talking about doing that that once before. It does not have a good autocorrect. You mentioned that. No, so it is kind of a pain. But but have you gotten to the point where you just don't care? Like I will be like, um, speed this up. But what comes out of my fingers is like speed hick. Yep. I'll get it later. I'll, I'll remember and I'll just leave it. Yeah. That's what I do. And so, um, I do a lot of line editing that way because seeing it, I just read it on my phone. Actually, usually I have a larger screen phone Yeah, and that's how I like to read my library books too. So it feels like I'm reading a real book. Mm -hmm. And if I'm stumbling over a line or a word, then I'll know, okay, I need to do more line editing here. That's so smart because the, honestly, the Kindle app on the phone is way more easy to highlight things. It's easier than on the Kindle itself. You know, if you're using like a paperweight, it's horrible, but it's a little bit easier on the phone. Okay. I don't even have a paperweight, so I didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's That's great. Yeah. Yeah, And the, and it, it tricks our brain in this way to see it Mm -hmm. in these different forms. Um, do you ever go back to paper at any point in this process? Um, but after, after your first, um, revision. Uh, sometimes I will print it out one more time and do another round of that, um, you know, handwritten edits and then entering the edits, which I feel like is actually two revision passes because sometimes I'll decide not to include the edits that I hand wrote. Um, and sometimes I'll change something else. So yeah, it just depends on how heavily I need to edit. And like I said, since I write pretty fast, I usually need to edit quite a bit, Um, I could probably write something in eight weeks, but I could probably spend six to nine months editing it, revising it. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds about right. Yes. Sometimes I print when I'm just stumped, like when I'm Mm. later in revisions, but there's this chapter that I just can't fix and Mm -hmm. I'll print just that chapter and it suddenly makes more sense. Or if it really doesn't make sense and I can't figure out how to fix it, sometimes I just have to throw out the whole thing and start over with that chapter. You Mm -hmm. know, that's what it's, that's what it's telling me. That's a fantastic tip. Thank you. (laughs) What is the kindest thing that anyone's ever done for you in your writing career? Yeah. I was thinking about this uh, because I hear you ask this to other guests and uh, when Ed sent the list over and I thought, there's so many people who have been kind. It's oh, actually hard that. to narrow it down, which I think is an excellent problem. Yes. Um, I have a really good community around me to help with the kids because my kids now are 10, 10, and 13. I have twins. But when they were six, the, when the twins were six is when I really started being able to write more than, you know, just once one hour a week or whatever. Um, And that's when my mom and my husband really stepped in and said, okay, we've got this. You go write for several hours at a time. Um, You know, we'll take care of it. I also have a really supportive community at my school that let me go part-time, which Mm -hmm. is not something you hear about at the high school level very often. No. Yeah. So it is a private school, I think also, which helps, but when I went to my department head and told her what I was thinking about, she was like, I will do the best I can to make this work for you. 
And I just thought, wow, that's just really generous of her, you know, because it meant finding someone else to teach my extra class and all of that. Um, yeah. And then also there's an author named Lisa Jewell out of Britain. Yes. I love her work. I love her work. Yeah. Yes. So I got to interview her at Murder by the Book last year and last August, uh, Murder by the Book is a independent bookstore in Houston that they don't just sell mysteries, but they're wonderful. My friend, my friend, John works there and it's like, Oh, I love John. Johnny Cakes. Johnny Cakes. I love Follow him, him on Instagram. I love him Johnny so Cakes. much. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. I've stayed at his house. I've, 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 oh, that's I, awesome. They put us up one time when I went through. Yeah. Anyway, go on. You're at Murdered by the Book yeah. with Lisa so Jewell. John, John is the event coordinator. And um, I did my book launch last February. And then I said, hey, I'd be happy to interview if you have anybody coming through. And I said, I saw Lisa Jewell is on the calendar. And so they, they took a risk and let this person who had just been published, who had, they never heard interview anyone else come and interview this huge author at the store. It was such a wonderful evening. She ended up buying my book that had debuted. And then she ended up posting it in a book bub article about <gasps> seven books she tore through. And I was floored. <laughs> I still get goosebumps. Thank I you. got goosebumps too. <laughs> You hadn't asked her to do that. You hadn't, like, she just. I went to go buy her a book and hand it to her just so that, you know, she would have my book and I would be excited if she just held it. And she said, no, I'm buying that myself. Would you sign it for me? And I was like, what, what? Oh, and then she sent me a thank you note and a little turtle that sits on my windowsill that has a plant in it. And I call her Jewel, my turtle. (laughs) So, I mean, I can't say enough nice things about Lisa Jewell and just like what a kind human she was, you know, to do all of that. So what an amazing thing to do. And your face just lights up when you talk about her. (laughs) It's so funny because one of the the very first big name who ever blurred me was Susan Wiggs. And I emailed her out of the blue. She didn't know me from Adam. And I said, mm-hmm. my book is coming out and I need somebody to read it. Can you blurb me? And she said, yes. And she read it and she blurbed. She gave me this beautiful, beautiful blurb. And I have felt so thankful to her ever since. And I've, you know, sent her thank you notes on several occasions. And yesterday she recommended that book under its new title. Cause I, re- I self-published it when I got the rights back. Uh-huh. Um, she, she recommended it on, on BookBub. Out of the blue. Oh, I just, love it. I need to send her another thing. She didn't need to do that. But I these know, are it's just so kind. Yeah. So I found the community, the book community, the indie bookstore community mm-hmm. to be very generous. Yeah. I love that you know John too. That's I'm, yeah. I need to reach out to him because we were always big, big, big Twitter pals. And then I, you know, uh-huh. Twitter burned to the ground. So I need to I need to reach out to him again. Oh, that's lovely. What is the kindest thing you've ever done for yourself as a writer? Yeah, I took myself to Thriller Fest last year ah, in New York, yeah. and that was really out of my comfort zone because I'm an introvert, as a lot yeah. of writers are. And also, you know, in the back of my mind was, I just finished school. I have three kids at home who are in the summer. Like, why Why am I doing this? But I made so many great connections there, um, networking, but also friendships, You know, I have a group of three other women who I meet with now once a month and we catch up and we talk about- That you met at Thriller Fest? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talk about the business of publishing as well as what we're writing. And so I just, 
am really glad that I went and that I invested that time and that money because that's not something that I just typically would do for myself, you know, and you at went this stage by yourself without a like friend at yeah. your, at your I head. Went that by is myself. so cool. <laughs> and this yeah. is y'all, this is in New York. Like it's, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it might still it's be in the Times hotel. Square. Yeah. Sarah okay. They Times moved. Square. It was over by Grand Central, but, but now oh, yeah. I heard it moved. Yeah. But it's, that's, that's intense and intimidating. And that I will tell you is the most intimidating conference I've ever been to in terms oh, really? of like, Oh, pff, I haven't beyond. been to others. So I don't, beyond. Really I'm used to going to conferences with a lot more women and thriller fest skews yeah. heavily male. And uh, well, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit more even now, but like it, it's, it's intense. Like it, it intimidated yeah. me. And the fact that you did that and found community. I'm so, that's so cool. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself for doing that. You know, you I was be. calling my mom, calling my husband and being like, okay, I'm about to go downstairs and go in there. Yes. Like, yes. Help me up. <laughs> yes. I went with my friend, Sophie Littlefield and Jay Thorne, who I used to do a podcast with. And mm-hmm. all three of us are the worst introverts. So we would just like go to parties and try to talk to people and then flee. We fled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and awesome. I got to meet my, um, audiobook narrator there. Oh, that was so fun. So she was the first person I actually met for dinner, oh. um, that night when I got there and we were just like kindred spirits. And I was like, I'm so glad that you narrated my book. Who is your narrator? Her name is Megan Tusing. Oh, I don't know her. And she has been doing this for about seven years. She's an actress. And I think that she's a rising star in the oh. world of audiobook narration. So I would highly recommend checking her out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Um, you have really good answers to these things. <laughs> I know you're going to have a good answer to this one. What is the best book that you read recently and why did you love it? Mm, yeah. So I'm currently reading, I'm almost done a couple chapters away from finishing Kate Morton's Homecoming. Yeah, Kate Morton's Homecoming. And uh, she is one of my favorite historical fiction authors. She's really good about overlapping the present and the past. And then at the end, it all blends seamlessly together. And she's got a mystery on like a grand estate, either it's usually in Australia or in England. And sometimes it's actually going back and forth between the two. And then the other book that I was just blown away by, and I know a lot of people have been because it was a Goodreads pick, but is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Seven. And what got me about this book was that if I just told you what it was about, you know, uh, two kids who grow up and are best friends and then they make a video game together, you're like, okay. Yeah. But yeah. something about her storytelling was so compelling to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm want to like figure out from a craft level, what she did to just enthrall me and keep me turning the pages. That would be worth figuring out and studying. And I've meant to do that. Did you read her? I think it was her first book, the storied life of AJ Fickrey. No, I had never heard of her until tomorrow just and tomorrow and tomorrow. Go grab it. The it's okay. about a man who it's about an older man who finds a baby in his bookstore. Oh, it, I love it's that. So good. It's and, yeah. and it did the same thing. Like it just hooked me. And that was a book that I put down and, and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was the same way that I put down. And I had two thoughts was like, well, can't be a writer anymore. What am I going to do? <laughs> right? And number two, 
how do I learn to do that so I can continue mm. to be a writer? And her books mm. both had, both of those books had that effect on me. So I can, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you'll like that one too. Okay. Or love that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. And now will you please tell us about your most recent book? I love it when you lie, which is such a good title. Yeah. So it's set in the Appalachian foothills where I grew up as a kid in North Alabama. And it's about three sisters who return home for their grandmother's funeral. And each of them bring with them that weekend a problematic man in their life. And by the end of the weekend, they decide that maybe one of those men should be in the grave with their <laughs> grandmother. <laughs> is it, that is such a good log line. Oh my God. Well yeah. done. And the way your face just like <laughs> lit up when you said that <laughs> in a good, evil, wonderful way. And also um, app, it's pronounced Appalachian. Is that right? Appalachian. Appalachian. Uh-huh. Appalachian. I didn't know if it was Appalachian or App- I've, oh, I've wondered I have my heard whole it life. said that way. So okay. in North Alabama, North Alabama, Appalachian, Appalachian. <laughs> but I have heard like hopper. Appalachian. I've heard that before. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You are a total delight. I am so happy oh, that thanks. we got to talk together today. Where can people find you out there online? Yeah. So at my website, www.kristenbird.com, and that's B-I-R-D, uh, or on Instagram at Kristen Bird Writes. Thank you so much, Kristen. Kristen, yeah. happy writing. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.